If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Jeff Cameron Show, at least for today. Thanks for tuning to it. I'm Jeff. That is Director Matthew. We're online, ESPNTallahassee.com. That's where you're going to listen live via the streaming free always. Don't miss anything, but if you do, go back and caught up at your leisure for We Shall Post all three hours of the program upon the conclusion of the program. Apple Podcast and wherever it is you get podcasts. You want to email the show, feel free, fire away. JCS at 979ESPNRadio.com. Hey, let me do this at the top of the hour really quick because I'll forget and I'll feel bad about it. I'll be driving home and I'll think, "Oh man, you didn't you didn't remember to uh to wish Ghost Pepper Nate a happy birthday. Happy birthday, Ghost Pepper. That goes back a long ways for you old school Jeff Cameron show listeners. You'll remember how it is that he arrived at and won the moniker Ghost Pepper Nate. I'll never forget the day or the facial expression upon him eating a ghost pepper, racing inside to Publix, red, 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 blood red, and then I thought we'd killed him. Oh, no. Happy birthday to you, good sir. Welcome to uh, middle age. I believe you are 40. Okay, there you go. I remembered. Uh, JCS at 970 com. the email address, at least for now. On Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show and hello, YouTubers. Uh, a bit of solemn news today, sad news today, as we learned that Bobby Bowden, the legend, fo- legendary football coach at Florida State, um, but, but moreover, um, beloved man um, by friends and family and, and, and all of those that he encountered, um, has been diagnosed with a terminal illness. It was not disclosed. His condition was not disclosed in his statement. That statement reads, I've always tried to serve God's purpose for my life on and off the field, and I am prepared for what is to come. My wife, Anne, and our family have been life's greatest blessing. I am at peace. Again, I'll point to that last line. It is always comforting for those of us, as it clearly is for him, to hear someone say that they're prepared and at peace. Uh, for the end of their life. So we wish him and his family and uh, those uh, most impacted by this news all the best, and uh, we send our love. Um, The accomplishments 
certainly around these parts, uh, need not be addressed here today. Uh, you'll hear a lot of them tonight across the country as this uh, news trickled in. A lot of coaches in the world of college football had comments on it. Uh, almost all of them certainly will share their reverence for the man as well as the coach. Um, and alongside those news reports, you'll read about the 34 seasons in Tallahassee and the wins and the championships and all of the other accompanying accomplishments on the football field. But it's off the football field that most people will speak uh, about Bobby Bowden and who he was and, and what he means. Um, so that news is uh, something that we thought certainly deserved reiterating to start this hour. I also did share some news of my own, considerably less important than that news, but news nonetheless and that is that the future of the Jeff Cameron Show will be housed on Warchant.com, via podcast, YouTube, and on Terrestrial Radio with our new partners at 93.3 FM. There will be more details forthcoming along those lines about uh, uh, the, the, the days and the times and, and other aspects of what I'll be doing. I will be doing more than just the Jeff Cameron Show, and I'm excited to enter into a multimedia world, one that we probably should have done long before now, but this latest development in my career um, affords me a great opportunity, and perhaps the selling of this station was the impetus to do what I should have done long ago, and I'm excited to join those teams and to be part of this. It is um, kind of a dream come true because there are so many people now that I get to work with. I get reunited uh, with my, my dear friend Tom Lang and, of course, his uh, extraordinary skills as a producer, amongst other things, but also so many of the guys there at War Chan and my new friends over there at 93.3 as well that I've either known or worked with or shared friendships with for a very, very long time. And that's true of Gene Williams, the founder and administrator of WarChant.com, who, who sought to hire me uh, and, and whom we were able to negotiate a deal. Um, this was not always certain. Tom and I will have a belly up podcast to talk about how this came about and when it became a, a reality. Uh, but in the very near future, in August, uh, that's where I will reside and the Jeff Cameron Show will live on. Um, in the coming days and weeks, I, I will continue to do the show here on ESPN Radio. It's a unique situation. Um, it, you'll find in radio, certainly, and in, in most, uh, most entertainment media, uh, you're not able to uh, leave one place and be on your way to another and still have the ability to do your show or whatever it is you're paid to do for that existing entity from which you're walking. Um, but in this case, the station was sold. And uh, some would say right out from under me. <laughs> uh, but I, I've appreciated uh, the fine people at ESPN, and all those years ago when they reached out and wanted to hire me, I feel like we've had a very fruitful relationship, and both sides got what they needed out of it uh, for financially and otherwise, professionally as well. And so uh, I, I hold no ill will, um, and I am thankful that they have said, hey, go find another place of employment. I know you're going to land on your feet, Jeff, and when you do, you're free to talk about it on the airway on the airwaves. Uh, you know, you're free to go into work every day. You're free to do this show. And I've had a lot of fun here. Uh, this last, uh, whatever it is, week and a half, Matthew and I feel like are doing great work. He stepped up huge and I've enjoyed this, but it's a great opportunity again from a PR standpoint, but also just to remind you guys of where I'll be. If you're interested, if you're so inclined to continue to listen to the show, you're going to be able to access it a lot of places. Uh, YouTube podcast, terrestrial radio, you name it. I'll be doing other projects in addition 
to the Jeff Cameron Show, like I said. So what a great opportunity. We kind of began the show today with that right after announcing the sad news about Coach Bowden, uh, and, and that's where I wanted to start. But I also wanted a chance to segue to some of the other stories of the day, less solemn and less self-serving, uh, and, and more into like, hey, man, it's ACC kickoff. It's SEC kickoff. Media days are underway. There's actual football news, as I was saying at the end of last hour. What a time to, to kind of start to kickstart the engines, right? We now know that from this point forward, it's going to be mostly football, and I, I'm anxious to get going. Uh, there's a lot of work to be done. It's going to be an incredible season, a weird season, one that will have a lot of highs and lows because this team is not a perfect product just yet. they got a long ways to go. But I always have enjoyed – I remember to, to look back on this, when, when Coach Fisher took over at the end of Bobby Bowden's era and, and time had – uh, you know, certainly, had, had, well, the game had begun to pass Coach Bowden by, in my opinion. And I share that opinion, much to the uh, angst of many. But uh, we had had those debates and those conversations and all of that for a long time. And we, we were at the end of that era where Florida State was kind of middling, certainly. That that cannot be argued. Florida State was a, a kind of a 7-6, and 8-4 and four type program there at the end. And we were all growing frustrated with that because – for, for those that love Florida State, follow Florida State, graduated from Florida State, support Florida State, this is a program that has proven that when operating at peak efficiency, it is a national championship winning program, one that finds themselves in the hunt annually. And now the fight is to get back to that place. And I remember when Coach Fisher joined the staff as first the OC and then later the head coach in waiting and then eventually the head coach, uh, I actually enjoyed that process of watching him try to build this thing back to where it should rightfully be, right? And that's not easy. It's not easy. And and you've got to find a way to convince recruits and others that have watched your struggles. you got to convince them that things are turning around and that they could be a big part of that and that your vision is this. And can they buy into that? Can you sell that as a coach? Do you put together a staff that allows for that to rise up and happen yet again? And that process as a media member covering it is absolutely fascinating because it's filled with successes and pitfalls. You know, there, there, it's not linear. You don't just suddenly, like, we go here, we hire this guy, success happens. It, it's like, no, 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 it's, it's ups and downs and step back and then a big leap forward. Next thing you know, oh, we're here. Look at that. Let's look back as to how it happened. And you'll look at that chart and you'll say, well, was it when Jameis Winston said yes? Who was the guy? Was it when you brought on this coach who was an elite recruiter, recruiter in South Florida? Was it when you brought in this particular individual who was willing to do what it took to convince players that Florida State was their landing place? We remember all of these coaches, moments, players, the good and the bad, the loss to NC State, the sub- subsequent successes uh, maybe a year later than we had Envision. I mean, I, that last year with E.J. Manuel, we thought was going to be the year. Turned out not to be the year. Frustrations rose. Is this as good as it gets? What's going to happen? Jameis says yes. Then we have that fateful night at Pitt, and everybody, the nation included, went, oh, no, look at what they've got there down in Tallahassee. That's some bitch out here slinging. This is going to be something. And it was. Oh, what an ass kicking. I called that the redemption tour, the revenge tour. The revenge tour will happen. 
We're not there yet. This season will not be the revenge tour. This will be the season that lets you know the revenge tour is coming. Now, the problem is, when exactly do we embark on that tour, the latter? Is it this the season that shows you you're two years away from the revenge tour? Three years away from the revenge tour? That's what we'll be eyeing very, very closely. And I can't wait to do that and to have the opportunity to continue in this field, one that I have absolutely enjoyed every second being in, is uh, not lost on me, man. I, I'm filled with gratitude today to you, you specifically, Matthew. <laughs> I know. I know. We don't need to get choked up in here. To, uh, to all of you, the listeners who make it all possible, I mean that. And, of course, near and dear to my heart, even more than the listeners, would certainly be those that spend money with me. Advertisers. Businesses that love the Jeff Cameron Show. <laughs> I hope people get the both sincerity and tug-in-cheek in that. Um, I do think it will be, it will be fun. Because uh, I, I think that they're um, – one thing that you do, like when you're – okay, I'm sorry. I'm a degenerate gambler. It's easy for me to take this hard right-hand turn. When you're looking to uh, bet a golf tournament and, and predict and project uh, what kind of team you want to put together for a field in a, uh, uh, in a pool, if you will, one of the things that you got to do is everybody will look at John Rahm and say, well, that's a safe bet. Everybody will look at, you know, name your guy atop the, the world rankings. He's in the field. He's good. I'll pick him. Yeah, he ain't going to win any money that way. Everybody's picking him. Find the volatility. The guy that could run away and win the tournament because his game is equipped to do so, but he also might miss the cut. You take that risk, but that's how you separate yourself is to grab the volatility. Maybe this guy likes POA. Maybe this guy likes, and you name it, right? It's a right-to-left golf course. It's a second-shot golf course. Whatever it is, this is the guy, best iron player in the world. A lot of people saw it coming with Colin Morikawa. And you take that guy knowing, I may miss the cut, but if he makes the cut, I could win the whole damn thing, and less than 20% of the people in this pool are going to bet on that. So why do I bring that up? Well, this season's going to have a lot of volatility. I think a ton of volatility. And with that comes the real extreme highs and the really low lows of not making the cut. And then sometimes just outright winning a game, you have no business winning. It's a fun season to cover. I think it, it will be um, – I just can't wait. I, I do. I find myself more and more every day kind of getting up going, hmm, we're this close to camp starting. You know, we saw that announcement, right, August the 7th. Um, chance to, to go over there, and um, it's real fitting because uh, August the 9th is when I begin um, at the at the new locale with Warchant.com in, in 93.3 FM. Um so my first show over there on the air, August the 9th. And uh, it will be after we've been over to practice and, and begun to see the process and underway will be. And, you know, one thing that we all benefit from is the fact that Mike Norvell, like the aforementioned legendary Bobby Bowden, and he's got a long way to go to be anything else like Bobby Bowden, but because he's young and he's early in his career is what I mean, he shared the belief that uh, allowing the media to document every step of the way benefits his players, his coaches, and his program. And so we're able to give you day-to-day, uh, straight from the practice field, shows with context. And that is going to be 
really exciting. Earlier today, after making the announcement that I just alluded to, we had a chance to catch up with Tom Lang. He's in Charlotte for the ACC meetings. And I thought, you know, it would be keen to be able to get his insight from uh, Commissioner Phillips' comments and, and what he had to say. I'll play that for you next. Jeff Cambridge Show 97.9 ESPN Radio. Opportunity now to uh, jet out to Charlotte, where I typically am this time of year for the ACC meetings, the ACC kickoff. But uh, my cohort, my partner in crime, and and, and now again, my co-worker, uh, Tom Lang is there in Charlotte on behalf of Warchant.com, and he joins us now on the Jeff Cameron Show. Hello, good sir. How is that hotel that we've been at uh, many, many times? It's largely the same. Uh, good afternoon to you, and, and hello, champion. That, <laughs> that doesn't get old yet, right? We can Never. still do that? Oh, for, uh, up until we're not, sure. Yeah, hello, champion. Okay. And, and we're able to do it on the regular since there are multiple champions from our uh, hometown. I also can report to you that uh, our pal from Virginia Tech was here and looking as dapper as ever on Coastal Wednesday. Do you know how much that excites me to hear? I have to tell you, (laughs) well, it's crazy. There are little things you look forward to at the ACC meetings. They're largely uneventful, to be honest with you, and especially on a day in which Florida State's not featured today was being the Coastal. Uh, You always want to hear, in this case, from the new commissioner, and you want to hear from coaches, but... You know, to find out that certain stables uh, remain the same, uh, especially in the wake of having lost our favorite coach in the conference that doesn't coach FSU, that is, um, a couple of years back now, uh, we, we, we need to know some things remain the same. And that man's energy and enthusiasm for doing the job of uh, PR for Virginia Tech is unwavering, is what you're telling me right now. That smile is, in fact, in place. Oh, it was in place, and that was around 8.15 this morning, and I don't know that it ever stopped because that's who he is. But I, I can tell you, too, that, of course, I miss you already, but I really missed you when I tapped Aslan on the shoulder. I was like, there he is. And he goes, who? I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> you, you'll get it at some point. But there he is. That's our guy, man. It's and, one of the uh, things yeah, that we'll bring. The rounds. A lot of the teams are making the rounds today. But it's, you know, for for being a, a COVID uh, event last year in which it's all on Zoom, this is still pretty much the same as it did in 2019. So a little bit of normalcy isn't a bad thing. Okay, so let's acknowledge first uh, that ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips uh, was immediately pretty much asked. I want to get your overriding thoughts on what you heard from Jim Phillips in a moment. But I knew he would be asked, as all the commissioners are, um, Big Ten commissioners, uh, uh, commissioner is about to be asked this uh, tomorrow. Uh, it was asked of Sankey of the SEC today, uh, Jim Phillips, of course, about you know, the teams, the players, the coaches being vaccinated as we move towards this season that we hope feels an awful lot like a pre-pandemic normal campaign where players and coaches fear not that on game day uh, they have to wait until the last moment to find out if they're playing and fans can, of course, find their way to their seats in mass. 
But we do, we do have the variant that is on the rise. There's no denial of that. And these commissioners are going to be asked the question. For his part, Jim said that he knows the conference for the most half, over half the teams, in fact, have exceeded the 85% vaccination threshold. He did add there's still no decision currently on whether games affected by COVID-19 will be rescheduled or rather forfeited. Now, I, I take a, a stance on this that may differ from others. I believe that if, if at this day and age we're still dealing with people not wanting to be vaccinated, that is their choice. But, of course, it is also the league's choice to decide whether or not you can play football if you're not. And I think in order to find this sense of normalcy of which we speak, uh, you're going to have to mandate it. And if guys don't want to do it, they don't have to do it, but they also don't have to play football. And, therefore, we avoid the NC State College World Series situation, Tom. Do you, can you give me any more on what you've heard from uh, Commissioner Phillips? Yeah, sure. So specific to that, I, I think he's got to really do a tightrope walk in his first ACC kickoff. It's his first real chance as commissioner to address the, the media people show out for as much as they maybe the old guard wants to believe that there's a bigger turnout for the basketball media day. This is the day when you can have the most ears and eyes on you. And he's got to make sure that he respects the universities uh, to make their own decisions and then moreover the players and the coaches to make their own decisions. But he was unequivocal in stating that from a personal standpoint, he's a big believer in, you know, the science of things and getting the vaccine and obviously moving things along. Um, but he did stop short because without maybe Power Five or the entire conference in agreement on a policy, it's tough for him to make definitive statements and, and maybe overstep his bounds. So I, I think he was extremely cognizant of where to walk the line, but he went as far as he possibly could to suggest, you know, this is something that needs to get done. And he did that on a number of issues, but certainly that was one of the big ones that people were listening for. And then one other thing I can tell you is with the Delta variant on the rise, he was asked, do you have any answers on policies when it comes to rescheduling or uh, postponements or forfeits? What, what's the ACC's you know, policy going to be on, on these potential issues that might crop up? And his answer was reasonable. It essentially is, listen, you know, everything is fluid. If we've learned anything about COVID and, and the situation of, of how things move with COVID, you've got to you've got to wait for as much information as possible before making a decision. You need to be as informed as possible because the rule you make today may be completely outdated two weeks from now. So I thought that was a reasonable answer. It's a very good answer. It's an on your feet, on your toes kind of answer that buys you time uh, to kind of figure out an overriding policy. I do like that he stated unequivocally to your point there's no question that increasing the number of vaccinations provide the best chance for teams to compete. To compete. Um, that's the bottom line. That, that is true. We know that to be true. And I think commissioners are losing patience if judging by Sankey and Phillips' comments that not all these teams are adhering or really aggressively pursuing this option. Um, certainly in the Southeastern Conference, it's no surprise that that is the case. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the mandate becomes uh, moving forward because the NCAA and these universities cannot afford to have games canceled again we know about the financial losses they're going to have to make extreme decisions now we move on from that tom you you just said something that he had answers prepared but it felt like to you he wanted to say more can you be more yeah. uh can you can you can you extend on that a little bit more sure. and give me some more insight on what you mean when you say that uh tv first and foremost um you know he was he made a, a point to prepare remarks from start to finish in his statement. None of it was off the cuff. He was constantly checking with, I mean, it was old school printer paper that he was looking down and, and making sure he hit all the notes that he wanted to. So 
I, I think this is somebody, first of all, that is very careful. Every word matters when you read a transcript from the commissioner. Uh, every word is, is carefully crafted. But with TV and distribution, uh, he brought up that, you know, it's one of the cries of, of all 15-member institutions when you include Notre Dame and, and all sports but football, that distribution has to get better. Got to be on more TVs. And there was a reporter from Roanoke who took advantage of the moment because they announced two extra games on the ACC network for this season, one of which was Virginia Tech and, and Notre Dame. I believe it was Notre Dame at Virginia Tech. But either way, the reporter from Virginia said, well, here's the problem is, is within 10 minutes of that being announced, a lot of folks are saying, we can't get the network. So what are you going to do about it? And it seems like he, he's optimistic that in a couple of weeks' time, they may have some announcements. And what, the way he couched it was late summer, early fall, that's typically when renewal negotiations come to a conclusion. And that's when Comcast deal, of course, we all know about this, especially in our part of the woods, is Comcast comes up next year, early next year. So would it be on in a market like ours? And, and I think he's prepared to, to say something more important, something that would catch our eyes. But this is somebody who very much, I think, values all I's being dotted and T's being crossed before committing to that. So the number one thing I would say is distribution. And he knows, he said it, for us to be the league that we want to be, distribution is number one. So I know that's music to the ears of Florida State fans and all of us to a degree, but you, you have to see it to believe it at this point because it's been three years for the channel. Yeah, it's uh, of the utmost importance. We figured it would be his first biggest challenge and one that he would need to hit out the hit out the uh, stadium here he'd have to hit a home run with with something like this if, if possible we just wondered about the kind of leverage that he would have or not have that 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 includes whatever negotiation he's going to have with Notre Dame to try to bring them into the fold of the ACC and football full-time down the line as well anything from coaches that stood out today I know again it's just coastal we're less interested in that particular division it is part of the ACC uh, and there are some intriguing teams there in particular uh, Mac Brown in North Carolina as well as Miami so your thoughts on what you've heard from coaches today from the coastal um you know there's not a whole lot of substance of course today our focus was heavier on Miami being the rival and North Carolina being on the schedule uh, Ben Diaz did say some interesting things I asked him about you know, Derek King and what it's like to have a grad transfer quarterback and what are the challenges and what are the benefits? Because obviously with Mackenzie Milton being in the fold here, I wanted to get some insight from somebody who lived it and in a weird way gets to live it again. You don't expect a grad transfer quarterback to be around for two years, but alas, COVID uh, eligibility says he can. And he gave some good answers um, about as good as he possibly could. He said, you know, our team needed somebody to reset the standard and, and reset the way things were done. And we needed to bring somebody from the outside to do it. I didn't believe any of the players that we had in our locker room could do it. And so, you know, he went on and on about that. But you get the point is when you know something's not right, sometimes turning to a veteran outside of the program is the best way to signal a reset. And maybe that's exactly what's happening with Mike Norvell. Um, as for Mac Brown, I mean, not a whole lot. He was asked about Florida State, and he kind of chuckled. He said, well, you know, I told our team before we kicked off in Tallahassee that we're not the number five team in the country despite our ranking because there's only a few conferences playing. And then three hours later, we were number 25 in the country. So, you know, we've got to focus to ask me when we're 3-0, and if we can get to 3-0 and kind of a thing. So, you know, it, it's the usual thing, man. You've been here for so many years. Coastal Day, you're looking for any nuggets, anything interesting. And I think number one today was just 
that Jim Phillips was well, uh, was ready to go on the record about a lot of stuff and uh, and say his piece. And I think that you're going to be hearing a lot more from the commissioner. Oddly enough, you'll be hearing a lot more from the ACC and the commissioner in, in the weeks to come. But uh, all eyes are on tomorrow as Florida State obviously brings three players up in the two quarterbacks and Jermaine Johnson. And there's going to be a ton of content on Warchant. And if we need to do another hit tomorrow, by God, we can do it because that's the deal we've flunked. Yeah, final couple things, absolutely we can, and I'm excited about that. But on a somber note, certainly, there will be an opportunity because it came about later in the day to address the sad news that legendary Florida State coach, former Florida State coach Bobby Bowden, has been diagnosed with a terminal illness for his part. He was quoted to the Tallahassee Democrat today as saying that he uh, is at peace. Um, we, we, we can talk more about that uh, tomorrow uh, as we have touched on it some today. I, I, I One final thing, I, I was remiss and, and skipped over something I wanted to ask you about the NIL and what uh, Jim Phillips may have had to say about that, only because I think a lot of Florida State fans, and I think a lot of football fans everywhere for that matter, take a look at Nick Saban's quote at SEC Media Days, in which he is noting that his quarterback, who's never uh, stepped foot on the field as a starting quarterback for Alabama, Bryce Young, uh, we all know he's talented, but uh, is is approaching nearly $1 million worth of endorsement deals already. Uh, that opens a lot of eyes. It's not just Florida State fans, but uh, the entirety of college football when they say, we're already losing out on the best players coming out of high school to Alabama. Their athletic and, and, and dominance and prowess uh, uh, along the sport is well noted. But now if they're also uh, going to be able to give the players uh, deals in which they're going to become millionaires before they ever suit up in the NFL, well, then this is over with and nobody can compete. Uh, I'm kind of curious, were any comments from coaches today as well as new commissioner Phillips uh, about the NIL? Well, I, I think that the tune has changed for coaches that weren't on board because you, you better change and adapt or else you're going to die on this front. Mac Brown was upfront about it, and uh, his example was, well, you know, I never thought this was a good thing, but then it was explained to me that if we have a talented musician who's on scholarship, they can still make money off of themselves for a gig. So I kind of get it about athletics. Why can't it be that way there? I think you're. I think what you're going to find is the coaches who came out against players being paid are going to find similar anecdotes and all shucks kind of stuff to say in order to pivot and move forward. For Jim Phillips' case, the hard part for him is he has to speak for the whole week. And, you know, a, a program like Florida State, a-okay, man, uh, because of legislation in the state of Florida. But what he's pushing for is federal legislation so that every university can be on the same footing. Because, you know, for his part, he said, I don't want it to become a recruiting advantage for some programs over the other. So once again, it's just one of those deals where, I, you know, Commissioner Phillips may feel a certain way about things, but he has to communicate, especially in his first major address as commissioner of the league. Uh, for all 14-15 programs of the conference, not just the ones that are benefiting from NIL right out the gate. Prudent comments from a commissioner who has a lot to tackle but has to be very careful about how he proceeds and has to get it right, especially when it's the first couple of things that you're going to be noted for, and they are as significant as they are. My brother enjoys Charlotte. Perhaps, if you're so inclined and fortunate enough, you will find that sleepy Irish pub that you and myself – uh, have been known to have a few Guinness or Guinness at uh, in the past. Uh, I wish you well, and uh, I will talk to you tomorrow. Be good, sir. Yeah, sounds good. Is it Guinness? I'll ask the Irish bartender because I'm about to find him. Yeah, I don't know, but please find out for me. I, as one who's been to Ireland, I could have asked the question, but perhaps I was intimidated uh, and didn't want to look like a fool. But enjoy one either way, whether it's Guinness or Guinness, and uh, I'll talk to you again later, buddy.
Hey man, congrats on letting the lawyers uh, tell you like it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, thank you. It's good to be back with yeah, you, man. brother. Bye. All right, that's uh, that's Tom Lang of Warchant.com. Kind of fun to say now that I'm a part of it as well. It's also uh, Tom Lang of the Jeff Cameron Show and 93.3 FM Real Talk Radio. How about them apples? All right, more of the Jeff Cameron Show momentarily. been a uh, eventful day to say the least thanks so much for joining us today if you missed uh, large swaths of the show and the news items of the day remember we'll post it as soon as the show ends so in about 10 minutes uh, you'll be able to uh, hopefully it'll populate quickly in your feed and you'll be able to find the uh, the link and, and, and listen to the show via podcast that'll be, that'll be happening I can also tell you that the move here for me uh, to War Chant and to 93.3 FM is going to, I, I think, uh, better enable our ability to service the podcast and YouTube and all of that uh, more efficiently and more trustworthy. It's been a bit of an up and down journey and a bit of an up and down ride. And that has always really eaten at me because there's nothing more uh, frustrating and uh, bothersome than, than when somebody wants to listen to something you have to say or is entertained by your show and they can't get it and they can't find it. And, and they're asking you why. And I can't give them good answers other than our infrastructure sucks. And, um, you know, that that made me want to throw things and uh, and scream to the heavens because that's just not cool. But that's going to change. That's another thing that will change here with this news. By the way, Front Row Knowles are up next. Great show. And that show was recorded earlier, I think, either this morning in the day or uh, late last night. I'm not real sure which. I don't want to mislead you, but I do want you to know that it was not done at a time post the news about Coach Bowden uh, addressing his terminal illness. Because I can assure you that Tom Block and Keith Jones would have had much to say about that. And they will uh, in the very near future, okay? So just know that that's not addressed on tonight's Front Row Knowles, but it's not because they're ignoring uh, that that piece of psalm news. It's, it's because they, they recorded the show before that news had broke. So just so you know, I want to make sure that you understood that. Um, and I'm sure they wanted you to know that. All right, it's time for us to get to probables. Before we do, I should note that that segment brought to you by North Florida Payroll Services. My friends at North Florida Payroll Services, they're locally owned, have been nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services that includes full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthFloridaPayroll.com. Cue it up, good sir. It's time for 
how you say, with the pitching uh, probables? A lot of day baseball games today. Matthew, if you might, give me some scores out there on the Buccos, D-backs, and perhaps Mariners, Rockies. Can you please tell me that the Pirates aren't in the midst of getting swept by the D-backs? Caught Who? you off guard. That'd be the Pirates and the D-backs playing earlier today. Okay, the Pirates mm-hmm. are down three to four. Top six. Plenty of time to come back there. Otherwise, we're going to get swept by the D-backs. We got a final with the Mariners and the Rockies? Okay, Mariners and Rockies. That's the other game you said. 6-3, Rockies. Right. You're a little nervous there. You're like, who the hell is he talking about? I speak fast. I understand. None of these teams are playing each other. Marlins, Nets. Been a rough year for the Marlins. Nick Neidart and Eric Feedy. We've got the Phillies and the Yankees. I watched some of your Phils and Yanks last night. I was watching that game. Oh, yeah? <laughs> uh, you guys just sit there in neutral. Freaking neutral. Pay a lot of money to be in neutral. Yep. Spencer Howard's going to throw for you uh, tonight. He's not very good. The Yankees will throw uh, Asher Wachowski. He's never started a game. Time for you to light him up. Ever? Well, I don't know. Maybe he started somewhere along the way. I Let's see here. Asher, what have you done? He has, in his MLB career, gone a stunning 9-15 with a 5-9-5. Not very good. Eight shutouts tonight. Sizable whip to go uh, with it. Hey, now. No starts this year. Bo Sox, Blue Jays, Garrett Richards, Robbie Ray. Hey, Rangers, Tigers, Jordan Lyles. He of the sorry-ass Lyles family. Matt Manning going for the Tigers, Twins, and White Sox. Michael Pineda, Dylan Cease. Indians, Astros, Eli Morgan, Lance McCullers Jr., Cubs, Cards, Kyle Hendricks, Adam Wainwright, the ageless Adam Wainwright. That I have an irrational disdain for, but I'm sure he's a good enough guy. I just screw him. Giants, Dodgers, Logan Webb, Julio Urias. By the way, that's one great thing about sports is the -the over-the-top irrational disdain you have for people you've never met because they wear the wrong jersey. (laughs) That's me and Adam Wainwright. Like, damn it, man. Orioles, Rays, Alexander Wells, Michael Waka. Padres, Braves, Chris Paddock, Kyle Muller. Saw where Fernando Tatis today got a 3-1 pitch and knew what to do with it. Mets, Reds, Marcus Stroman, Jeff Hoffman. We've got the Royals and the Brewers. That'd be Brad Keller and Eric Lauer. And that is a look at those that shall reside on the up. Yeah, man. Okay. All right. Exhale. We did it. I've got some golfers to pick tonight. i got the golf show to do tonight. Hard to get excited about previewing the 3M Open, admittedly. The 3M Open, one of the Opens that I have won on uh, PGA 2K. I, I ran away with the 3M Open. There you go. I, yeah, that's a – we like playing there. It suits our eye. You and I are going to have to play each other. Okay. I've gotten pretty good. How much are we putting on it? Well, I don't know. 
100 bucks? Sure. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, let's do it. Let's throw caution to the wind, get after it. Uh, but we'll have to debate as to which course we're going to play. That game is awesome, by the way. Well, we're not playing at the 3M Open, I can no, tell you that. No, I'll, I'll run away with it. I got you. Every nook and cranny, I know where we're landing in this baby. Uphill putts all day long. Let's go. Let it ride. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm <laughs> that's one of the few that I like. Um, and I'm worried that I, I hope they don't discontinue that game. I wonder if it's, if, you know, if it was able to sell. Because Rory, it's tough to sell Rory, you know. I mean, Yeah, there was one Rory game, and that was it. That was the end of that. And they went to Justin Thomas on the cover. Ill-fated timing. Um, but the 2K is a good brand, man. I like it. It's a good game. We, we didn't get into the weeds with Rory, you and I, but we should have. Do you realize that the next major, when they tee it up, which is seven, eight months from right now, he'll be going on eight years since he won a major? Well, and he won't win the next one because it's the Masters. It's the only one he has left to win. Yeah, so he's not going to win it. Eight, he can't win there. Eight years. Well, he was once running away with it. I don't know why he can't win there. Eight years, by the way, between majors means that I'm inclined to think you are not going to win another one. Makes no sense. Well, you know, he fell in love, got married, had a kid, placed golf probably where it should be. He's made billions. That's I blame that tennis girl. That's, broke his that's heart. when it all started she going downhill. She was beautiful, but broke his heart. And then it just, yeah, he never really recovered. You got to buck up, Rory. You're Rory F. and McElroy. Let's go. That's, uh, you know, it's it's frustrating watching that play out with that much ability. I don't, I don't get it, man. It just aggravates me to no end. But I, I here's a side bet that's fun, and we'll conclude the show and wave goodbye to everybody. Who completes the career Grand Slam first? Colin Morikawa. Brooks Kepka. He's got to win two more majors not you know of a separate variety he's got to win at the masters obviously and the british um brooks kepka colin morikawa jordan spieth who only needs to win the pga phil mickelson i suppose who only needs to win the u.s open or rory mcelroy who only needs to win the masters who'd you who'd you who are you taking out of that bunch given the way he's playing right now i guess speed because he only has to win one yeah, probably. I think you got to go with Jordan Speed, and then I would tell you, next up, I might take Brooks because he's in was, every major. I was going to say Brooks or Morikawa. Yeah, you're not going to say Rory, who no. also only needs one, Mm-mm. and it feels like he's light years away. Like you would never pick him in that. You might take Phil before you. T- <laughs> you might take Phil's old ass to win the U.S. Open at some point. Who wins another major first, Rory or Tiger? <laughs> Can I go with neither? I think I think we're done with Tigers majors. Hey, just be grateful we got the last one. Oh, I am. Yeah, that was uh, that was something to behold as a sports fan, and we're both fans of Tiger. That was something that I'll never forget. That moment, really, he gave us two incredible moments: winning in Atlanta and the crowd going crazy as mm-hmm. he walked up there, and then of course, obviously, winning at the Masters, which gave us goosebumps. We were all sitting there in shock. I remember the moment. I thought it was possible on the back nine going. This, this could happen. This could happen. Because I didn't believe it all day long. I was like, oh, I'm not going to let myself get into this. And then all of a sudden, he sticks that shot. Everybody else is in the water. You're like, this, this could happen. This could happen. Don't blow it. Good work out of you, sir. Our thanks to uh, Gene Williams. Uh, our thanks to Tom Wang. And our thanks to all of you. Appreciate it. Be well. We'll be with you tomorrow. Take care. Have a good night.